Well, good morning, Heights family. Uh, gosh, wow. What do you think? Uh, pretty, pretty incredible. Uh, you know, Dale already made the rounds of pointing people out and giving thanks. Thank you, moms and dads. Uh, it, it's a lot of work for these young people to be involved in this. And uh, let me tell you why it's a, a lot of work, because uh, I've been involved in church for a long time, and we've paraded kids out for a long time, and usually it's for moms and dads to get pictures, and we have kind of this cute moment, and, and then we usher them out of here, right? Uh, that wasn't what that just was, was it? No, we're, we're engaging our young people in being a part of leading us in worship, I hope you recognize you just you didn't just witness a great moment. You you witnessed a direction uh, that we're taking in our in our worship ministry, a, a direction that we're taking with our young people. And uh, I I don't know about y'all with all that's going on in the world. When I walk in here and look at all these young people on the stage, I'm just excited that many of them wanted to be involved in this. That 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 many wanted to be engaged in that way. I. I think that is in, incredible. So uh, moms and dad, keep bringing them to rehearsal. And uh, man, we look forward to the next time they're up here. They're a part of our worship and, and leading with us. It's good to have our Midlothian crowd joining us from our campus out there and all of you watching online. You know, we have about, oh, six to 800 devices every Sunday that, that watch online. I'm assuming... Devices aren't watching, it's people. But, but behind a device, we don't know. Is there one person? Is there five people? But we know about that many. So you realize there's about as many people watching online every Sunday as are actually maybe even here in the building. So we're sure glad you're a part with us and, and worshiping right now also. So uh, folks, I got, I got to get something out here. You know, I don't think anything says world champion from a mile away. Like a Super Bowl ring, huh? Look, look, I mean, does it, this is so impressive. Not very practical. I don't have anything that goes with this. But, uh, man, you don't, you wouldn't even maybe know what I have or what sport, but I come walking down the street in this. You know, I'm pretty special, right? This is a champion right here. These are the three rings representing the, the three Super Bowls of the uh, the Denver Broncos. Different ring for, for each year. We got some Bronco fans in here. There we go. And uh, no, of course they're not real. What would I be doing with them? That'd be like $30,000 of rings on my fingers right here. No, they're pretty impressive copies though. Thank you, Lenny Nugent, for making that possible. But, uh, you know, I, I, I was thinking about Super Bowl rings the other day, and, and that's why I have these here. But I, I had read something uh, in, in an article that, that I, I thought was kind of surprising. I, I didn't know this was the case. Do you know how many people on a championship team get a Super Bowl ring? I mean, I would have been thinking, well, okay, there's what, 50-some players? I don't know how many coaches there are. I, I, what, 75 rings? No, double that. 150 rings are sent by the NFL to a championship team to distribute as as the owner uh, feels is is appropriate. The many times owners will buy. The NFL pays for 150 of these, but they o- owners can buy more if they have more people that they want to acknowledge with this ring. And so you start thinking, man, who's wearing all these? Well, of course, it is the players and coaches, right? 
but you got all the front office personnel. You've got uh, some injured reserve. I can't imagine there's many of those, but they're going to get some. They're going to be on that. And, and I, I think as I read this, man, this is what made my heart beat the most, the practice squad. <laughs> I mean, these are guys more than likely, are never going to step on an NFL field. They get run over by an NFL player every week, but they're not going to be on that field. But they, I, I, did you even remember there was practice squads? I mean, just, they're blocking dummies, no pun intended. I mean, it's sad, but they get a ring, 150 rings. What a reminder, when you look down there on the field, and this would be true for any sport, what a reminder, when you look down there on that field at those world champions Boy, there's a lot more than what's on that field that makes that possible. You know, it's funny. You don't mind if I take my jewelry off? I'm starting to get arthritis here. So that, those, these things are heavy. I don't normally need, by the way, a desk to put all my jewelry on. But, um, you, you know, I, I, I literally was, was a week ago sitting at my desk and I wrote that exact sentence. When you look down on the field... There's a lot more people that make that happen. And an email comes in. An email describing what I just described. And that, that email was from Roy Wynn. He's a, a member here of our church and not here this morning. He's in uh, El Tanel down in Nicaragua worshiping there with our team. Uh, that We prayed for them last week. They got there yesterday and now down there. And uh, he, he, he said the exact same thing I just said. He said, you know, Randy, I'm sitting here just amazed. We're about to put 20 people on the field That was his exact words. We're about to put 20 people on the field, but it takes so many more to make that happen. And he he had a list. I mean, it was like this long on the email. Man, I think of the people that are praying for us. I think of the people that gave so that we could be doing this. And and then he started, you know, I think of the people that drive the shuttle back and forth uh, to the airport to get our team there. He said, boy, I'm really overwhelmed with with Debbie Huerman and Cindy Moore and uh, Jennifer Harris. They, uh, he said, I think they've put in more hours getting us there than we'll put in this whole week on the on the field. But he, he's just listing all this and says it takes so many more for that team to be able to do what they're doing. And I said, thank you, Lord, for sending that in as I just was writing that. I mean, whether it's on a Super Bowl field or whether it's here in the church. Folks, champions are built when everyone, and boy, there really is a lot to unwrap. There, there really is a lot to understand by what we mean by the word everyone, but when everyone plays their role like a champion. And we are a team, aren't we? Team Jesus, whatever you want to call it. And man, are we in line for some awards. Better than Super Bowl rings, believe it or not. We're going we're gonna to receive crowns. Crowns much more expensive than rings. Crowns that will last forever. You know, our message today isn't on crowns, but I can't mention that without at least pointing to them. Look up here. These are awards that uh, that God is going to give to, to various believers. I, I, I guess there's an award day. There's a, there's a ceremony. Remember, we're in heaven by God's grace and good work, aren't we? I'm not in heaven because I did something good. I'm in heaven because of the good thing Jesus did for me on the cross. Man, if that's news to you, 
I hope today you'll receive God's gift for you of Jesus Christ and begin that relationship with Him. But you know what? As believers, whenever we begin that relationship, we will be awarded with what we did with that relationship. And there's a variety of ways that awards will come. And and one of those is in terms of crowns. And there's at least five different crowns mentioned in Scripture. The, The incorruptible crown for those who just... Man, they just faithfully live for Christ day in, day out. One situation to the next situation. They're always living for Jesus. There's the crown of rejoicing for those who are faithful to be out there sharing the gospel. You know, you stop and think about that. We don't all do that, do we? We really don't. Matter of fact, most of us will not tell somebody how they could begin a relationship with Christ, how they could know God's love and forgiveness. But God acknowledges those that do. There's a special award, a crown that you're going to wear for all eternity for that. The crown of life, those who undergo severe hardship. You know, it's not the same to follow Christ everywhere, is it? Some generations, it's harder than others. Some places in the world, it's harder than others. God acknowledges that. It's a different experience to lay hold of the name of Jesus as our Savior and Lord in some places than in others. The crown of righteousness, those who long for His return. You know, that's not just believing that Jesus is coming back. That's not just hoping that Jesus comes back. That's when you begin to understand and realize every prayer that's ever come out of your mouth. Everything you've ever asked God for, folks, ultimately is answered and fulfilled when Jesus comes back. And that becomes the great longing of your life. Not just something I believe in. It's what I pray for. It's what I long for day in and day out. Hey, If that's what's happening in your heart and soul, there's a crown for that. And and then there's the crown of glory. It's my favorite one. It means I'm in line at least for one. It's for pastors, praise the Lord. (laughs) But you know, it's interesting. The word pastor, it's it's a noun. It's a position, a, a, a title. I hold the position of pastor. But it's also a verb that's not limited to somebody with a title. Pastoring. What What is pastoring? Pastoring is... Caring about people's walk with Christ and how they grow in that walk, how they're encouraged in that walk, how how they're motivated in that walk. And man, there's a variety of positions that, that we play. There's a variety of things we do in other people's lives that very much could put us in line for that award. But folks, the bottom line is awards are coming. We, we, we are, we're on a great team. It is the championship team of all time. And there are awards for serving and living on that team. Doesn't wisdom demand, doesn't it just a little bit that we stop and think about what, what will I be wanting at that award ceremony? What, what will be important to me on that day? Folks, we give so much of our energy and our lives running around after the awards and accolades of this earth, and there's nothing wrong with that. Not, 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 not saying, stop, hey, if you're a football player, I would be pursuing a Super Bowl ring if I were you. Not, nothing, I, there's nothing wrong with doing that. But I'm guessing there's going to be a day when awards are being handed out that only one thing's actually going to count for the rest of ever. Man, doesn't wisdom say, I start thinking about that today, I I start living in light of that today. You know, folks, God is more generous than NFL owners. 
if that's news for you, go ahead and write it down. God's more generous. <laughs> you know, God's actually looking for a way. The article I was reading actually was, I, I, wasn't this past year. I think it was one or two Super Bowls ago. And there was somebody that everybody thought should get a Super Bowl ring. And, and, and the owner wouldn't, wouldn't get the person one. And, you know, you think, man, what about their contribution? Folks, God's not looking to leave people out. God's looking for how many people he involves. God's looking for how many people he can award. Did you know that the moment you begin a relationship with Jesus Christ, that God gifts you, G-I-F-T-S, he gifts you an ability? It's it's called a spiritual gift. He, He immediately, the second you call on Jesus as your Savior and Lord, you are given an ability to contribute to the team significantly. To, to play a role that matters and that counts. That, that's how much God wants you in line for the, for the awards that last for all eternity. You know, there's a lot of ways that we can talk about how we serve on a team. The contribution that we make. Some of that we can think in terms of capital C. Capital C Church, the church universal and just a a role we all play as, as believers on earth. And then we might think of little C Church, the local church, the, the team that we play on Sunday in, Sunday out, day in and day out. And I want to focus on that a little bit today. The role we play on our team here at the Heights. And that is all of us playing a role that contributes to the win. And a win for us here at the Heights is when we hit the target, when we, when we serve the vision that we believe God has given our church. You've heard me re- quote this quite a few times over the last year, that in the next 10 years, the Heights Baptist wants to be a church that the 804, our area code, our community, the place where God planted us, that, that we would be a church the 804 cannot imagine being without by expanding to five campuses, by extending the reach of Love 804. Notice the last line, so that. The purpose of all, the purpose is not campuses. The, the, the purpose is not 804, uh, love 804 and what we're doing. The purpose is that we have our greatest platform for sharing the word. You and I are living in a world that increasingly does not believe the Bible. That increasingly does not want to hear your hate speech. We call it the gospel, I think. We call it good news. Well, you know what, folks? I don't think the world owes me the right to teach, to preach, to share the gospel I want to win it. I want to win the right. I want to earn somebody's attention, earn an audience with somebody to to teach God's Word. So that's what all this is about. As the world is growing further and further from the church, I respect where they are. How do we win? How do we win the opportunity to share with them who God is and how much He loves them and the eternal life that they can have? That's what we're about. Now, just saying that, just having that written somewhere doesn't make it happen, does it? No, I mean, that's 10 years away. What are we doing this year? What are we doing so that every year we're moving the ball a, a little closer? You know, as we looked last year at the unfolding of our, our vision, the rolling out of that, if you will, it seemed like a lot of you kind of thought that was pretty cool. I think this is pretty exciting. What our church is for our area code. What our church is for our community. But here again, everybody thinking that's pretty cool isn't going isn't to accomplish anything. It's when we each take ownership of it, right? 
And so we kind of made that the goal for 2019, that every member would own it. That every member would take personal, make personal that vision to be that church. And, and with two specific ways. Hashtag starts next door. We, we go to our area of the 804 and we be the church. And that everyone would do one Love 804 event. Every member. Boy, that's a, that's a challenge. <laughs> I mean, what organization can point to, 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 to the people a part of that and say, boy, we've got 100% engagement? You never have 100% engagement. How could we ever have 100%? 100% sounds challenging. It'd be nicer, it'd be easier if we said, you know, man, 30%, 60%. But do you know what God calls us? The body of Christ. Have you ever woken up one morning and said, boy, I'm really hoping about 60% of my body's on board today. I'm be, that just would be, that. you know what, I could just say I've hit all my goals in life, 75% of my body works. You see, I, I don't think God gives us an opportunity to set a goal lower than a hundred. We might ask, how realistic is that? That every single member, I, I don't know how realistic it is, but I, I don't think God gives us an opportunity to shoot for less, does He? You see, God's idea is not that one day there'll just be huge stadiums filled with believers and we'll all look down on the field at the superstars among us getting their awards. No, God wants that for every single one of us. Every single one of us in line for the awards. So we start thinking about, hey, what, what contributes to our win that, that every single member could do? You, you might be sick. You might be healthy. You might be young. You might be old. You might be rich. You might be poor. Maybe you've been a believer for 17 days. Maybe you've been a believer for 47 years. What can every single person do? And so, thinking about it in that way, we've, we've got three things. Three things that we want to challenge, encourage, help every single member contribute to the win here at the Heights. Every single person will do three things to play their role as a champion. One, I just, two of them I just said. One, we're going to go home today to our street, to where we live in the 804, and we're going to be Jesus on that street. We're going to be the church on that street. We're all going to do one Love 804 event, and we're all going to give to the vision. We're all going to contribute to what we're doing here at the Heights. Now, let's, let's break this down a little bit, kind of explain each one of these. That first one, we're all going to go home. And, and we're going to be the church. We're going to be Jesus. Do you realize those are synonymous things? I don't know about you, but I tend to think of Jesus and the church as being different, don't you? But if we're the body of Christ, then what are we? We're, we're Christ's body on this earth. If they see Jesus, they should be seeing the church. If they see the church, they should be seeing Jesus. And so it's you and I going home and being Jesus, being the church where God has planted us. You know, a verse that kind of is a, uh, a background for these first two points. Matthew 5, 16. Jesus is speaking to us and he says, listen, I want every single one of you to let your light shine. So that when people see you, notice that, they're to see us, right? They may see your good work. That's what Jesus wants for you and I this week. To live in such a way that people see the good 
They see the good that we're being. They see the, the good that we're doing. And they applaud us as being, as being the best people in the world. No. I, you know what? I think sometimes our motives for doing good are to be seen and applauded, right? And that, that actually is a, a very short-lived moment. Now, I don't know how it happens that people move from seeing me or seeing you to seeing God. Maybe it just begins with our heart. Why are we doing that good? What is our motivation for doing that good? And when it's that people see God, I just think that's what happens. They end up applauding, literally, right? They, they give glory. That's, that's to applaud. That's to appraise. Not me, not you. It's God that ends up getting praised. Folks, you and I are to be living to be seen, to be doing good, so that people end up coming to God and praising God. So we're going to go home. And that, 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 that verse, we, we do that at work too, right? Not just at home. We do that at school, don't we? Not just at, at home. But you know what every single one of us has in common? It's not a job and it's not going to school. Although I need to live out Matthew 5, 16 in those ways. But what every member has is a street. You're going somewhere when the service is over. And, and that's where God has planted you for the next month, the next year, maybe the next 35 years. But God's put people all around you. And our goal is to, to be the church on our street. There's a lot of ways we can do this. And that's what we're going to talk about a lot throughout this year is this hashtag starts next door. We're going to give different ideas. Some of them you'll go home and do completely on your own. There may be some things we all go do at the same time. But there's one tool we've already given you. We we introduced it to you back in December. uh, That is just a profoundly wonderful way for you to see why God has put you on your street. And what you can be, how you can be Jesus for that street. You, you might have in front of you, you should have in front of you in the, in the chairs, this card. It looks like this, bless every home, looks like that on the other side. And uh, man, folks, I just, I want to encourage, again, every single member. By the way, if you're a guest with us today, I'd love to have you jump on board and uh, use this tool. But uh, what this tool does is gives you a way... To look at your street and, and, and keep in front of you how you're praying for your street, how you're caring. Caring is, you know, making cookies, mowing the yard, inviting them for dinner. There's all kinds of things we can do for neighbors. Sharing, actually sharing the gospel, discipling, encouraging people in their faith, in their walk with Christ. But what I want to focus on today is what every single one of us can do. And that is pray. Every single one of us can pray. And what this will do, if you go home, we, uh, there's 16 steps. That looks kind of daunting. You sh- it shouldn't take you more than eight hours to, to do this. Um, no, it shouldn't take you more than five minutes. Basically, what we're doing with the 16 steps is just making it abundantly obvious. <laughs> Click here. Do this. Do this. But you'll, you'll go on there. You'll, you'll go to the, the website. You'll, you'll get signed up and, and create your account. And uh, then you're going to choose how many neighbors you want to keep up with. It, the default is 40. You can choose 10, you can choose 50, but the default where it will already be set up is 40 neighbors. Then you choose how often you want to get an email. I get one five days a week. You can make it seven, you can make it one day. How many times do you want to get an email? But you'll get an email, and in that email it will list five of your neighbors. 
And, and with those five neighbors, it'll put a verse, something to pray over them, for them, ab- about them. Folks, I, I've been learning a lot about prayer by praying for my, I mean, I end up, oh, I never thought about praying that for somebody. Here I am praying this verse over somebody. I need to pray that over myself. I need to pray that over my, my kids. It will really teach you a lot uh, uh, about more than help them have a good day. It'll teach you a lot about prayer. But what it does is now it's got me kind of in a systematic way praying for my neighbors uh, day in, day out, week in, week out, praying over them. Every single one of us can do that. And I'll be honest with you folks, and maybe you won't find this very impressive. I usually spend about 30 seconds to three minutes a day doing this. It's not a commitment to spend a half an hour. You might. Maybe you know that neighbor and something going on in their lives. But most days, the email comes in, I look at the five names, I call those names out to the Lord, and I pray over them what's in that verse, and then I delete the email, and I, and I move on. Man, every single one of us can do that. Now, remember what our goal is? Our goal is to be something special for our community, something good for our community. I, I don't know if everybody believes this, but I believe a lot of us do, that the best thing we can do for somebody is pray for them. Folks, do you realize when we're doing this, we are praying for tens of thousands of people every single week. That's a a pretty profound ministry every single week coming out of the life of this church, praying for them by name. There's other things you'll want to do. You'll you'll be surprised at how this changes the view of your street and the people around you, whether you know them or I know some of my neighbors. I got neighbors in that 40 that I don't know. I'm not even sure what house that is. But boy, it'll it'll change your view of your understanding of man, God has me here. And and how am I living for him? How am I being Jesus on, on the street that I live. And what's cool, you're doing that all by yourself, but what are we talking about today? We're talking about contributing to the team, right? You know, when you, when you sign up on, in, on your dashboard, you're going to see other people in your neighborhood that are members of this church. You might actually, I didn't know they went to my church. Now, you don't see what they're doing. What you're doing or not doing is, is private to you, but on my dashboard, it lists literally 10. I'm not making that number up. There's 10 other people in my neighborhood that are a part of this. And so I say, hey, in my neighborhood, I'm a part of these 10. But then also on the dashboard, it has the Heights Baptist Church. It has how many homes as a church we've adopted, how many times prayed, how many times cared for, shared. And I see each week my contribution to the team. It's, it's really a cool website, and uh, fill it out like we have on here, because that's what makes it free for you. We actually pay for this service, but uh, you'll see what role you're playing on the team, the contribution that you're making. When I introduced this in December, uh, we had about 500 homes we adopted. That's what our staff was doing in our in our neighborhoods. By the way, folks, when we say every member, I want you to know everybody on your staff is doing all three of the things that we're talking about today. Already do, having done them, continuing to do them, we're, we're all in on, on staff. But we've been doing Bless Every Home for uh, since back in October, I think. And when I introduced that to you, that number went from over 500 homes to now we're right just a little shy of 5,400 homes. So if not one person today does this, not one of you, 
We're still, as a church, we're at, I mean, 54, how many people are in a home? You see what I'm saying when I say, as a church, we're praying for tens of thousands of people? So I encourage you, take this, go home, fill it out, open an account, adopt the number of houses that you want, get started on that this week. See what our church is doing. See what you're a part of making happen. Every single one of us can do this. Second thing that that we're going to do is every single one of us is going to do one Love 804 event. Now those tend to be physical in nature and you may say, well, I can't do that because of my physical limitations. Ah, there's a lot of ways to volunteer. There's a lot of ways to contribute to these. You know, we have Love 804 events and I know I'm saying that phrase like everybody knows what it means. Love 804 is a ministry in our church where we go out into our community and try to be good and do good. We try to make it a better place to live. Everywhere from tutoring children in schools to cleaning up neighborhoods to cleaning up streets to cleaning up schools and coming alongside and helping them with activities to feeding the police, the fire department. Uh, I mean, there's just all kinds of things we do. We do some things as a all together as one, one big church. I mean, we've had events where we go out five, six hundred people strong. And uh, we've had other events where we our classes, our life groups have adopted certain things. You can get involved in that way. You can, you can call our church, ask for our mission pastor. Just remember the word mission pastor. And that'll be Wes Rose. We have 15, over 15 different ministries that, that are in our community that just do things better than we could do it. So we don't want to reinvent the wheel. We just want to come alongside the good work they're doing and, and be a part of that. And some of those things might be a burden. You know, we all have different passions, don't we? We all got things, man, I want to see that fixed. I want to see that get better. And man, we can connect you with one of those. But this is about us going out and being good and doing good. This first one, folks, the first point, go to your street. That's me being Jesus by myself on my street. The second point is me being Jesus, me being the church with the church. It's not either or. It's both and. I want to be the church on my street all by myself. I want to be the church with you. I want to do both of these things. Be both of these things all together. And folks, we have a chance, I think, really to take on something we need to do. And that is help people see the story, the right story about the church. I I think we all see, man, our our world, our, our culture is writing A narrative about the church that's really making us sound like the ugliest, meanest people on the planet. Every problem is because of Christians. Every problem is because of the church. And and we're being made a hate group. And that's not going to slow down. That's going to continue. And you know what? Sometimes they'll write about things or refer to things. And you know what? Some Some of it's kind of the truth, isn't it? I mean, we've had racism in the church. We've had people abuse positions in the church and, and abuse people. Uh, we've got places we should have been and we didn't show up. We've got places we should have never been. And, and there we were. Not every page of the story of the church on planet Earth is a, is a good page. But folks, even with the reality of those things, that's not the story of the church. We're letting the culture tell us there's only one thing about the church. They're not going to tell the world that nobody has built more hospitals in the last 2,000 years than the church. 
They're not going to tell you that nobody has fed more people in the last 2,000 years than the church. They're not going to tell you that, that nobody has educated more children than the church. They're not going to let you know that it was Christians throughout the world, Christians in America, that have given more equality to women than any other group, any other organization. It is the church that ended slavery. Well, now, wait a minute. Ended slavery? No, that's not... No, remember the Civil War? I mean, there was churches in the South a part of that. And Christians that owned slaves. I, I said, we've got some pages that aren't so pleasant. That doesn't change the fact that it was Christians that have always driven the abolition movement throughout the world and in America. Folks, we have a story to promote. We, we have a story to protect. We have a story to go out there and keep adding to the pages of the force for good that we are in the world. If we love what Jesus loves, that's exactly what we're going to be doing. Because Jesus loves the church. The third thing we're going to all do together, folks, is we're going to contribute to the vision. We're going to contribute to the work of the church here at the Heights. You know, if you've been around here for very long, you know, okay, let's see, it's that time of year. Oh, it's time for the budget. Ah, that means the pastor's going to be doing a sermon or two. Oh, gosh, I hope it's not three this year. On giving. <laughs> what if it was one point? Not, not two, three sermons. What, what if it was one point in one sermon? You know, folks, money is a big director of the course of our life. There's very little that you think about every single day, make decisions about every single day, more than money. As a matter of fact, Jesus said it totally directs the course of our heart, so we shouldn't be surprised that Jesus wants us giving to the church because Jesus wants our heart where his heart is. Does that make sense? Jesus wants our heart to be where his heart is. And he looked for... Lots of ways to communicate that to people. One day he was in, in a crowd and, and somebody came up and they asked him about taxes. I imagine, you know, right now, right now, some of us would probably like to ask God about taxes and what he thinks about that. And really, I mean, you just see that nothing ever changes in the world. What do you think about the government? What do, you, do you think we should be paying this? Somebody comes up and asks Jesus that. And, he, and he, his response actually becomes kind of a, a well-quoted line, even outside the Bible, outside of even believers. Jesus responds to him. Remember, the question is only about taxes. And Jesus says, render unto Caesar that which is Caesar's, and to God that which is God's. Give to the government what belongs to the government, and give to God what belongs to God. Well, that kind of begs the question, what belongs to God, right? You know what belongs to God? All of it. A hundred percent. You don't own it. You don't even owe the air, own, own the air in your lungs. You don't own the day that you have stepped into. When you pull back onto your property, it's not your property. More than likely it belongs to a bank too, but it doesn't belong to the bank either. It, it's all God's. Everything is God. You know, so often we refer to giving as we're bringing God a gift. No, you're not. You're not giving to God a gift. You know what you and I are doing? It's a very simple principle. I'm acknowledging that owners have a right to tell managers what to do with the money. I mean, I can't imagine any of us would go to work somewhere and say, the owner doesn't have the right to say that. 
He does. <laughs> she does. They can do whatever they want with their money, and you can leave if you don't like it, right? Owners have a right to direct managers. Folks, when we give, we're acknowledging, God, this is all yours. And, and you've said that I acknowledge that, I recognize that by bringing the tithe. A Hebrew word, a Bible word, it means 10%. I bring the tithe to acknowledge your ownership of everything. I acknowledge that I get it. Boy, folks, I tell you, I think probably some of the biggest problems that we're dealing with our life is we're running around acting like we're owners. We're, we're acting like it's ours to do with as we please. And that's going to, sooner or later, that's going to run you sideways with the owner, isn't it? Folks, this isn't about what God's trying to take from you, what God's trying to get out of you. Look, look what he says in Malachi 3.10. He says, bring the full tithe into the storehouse so that there is plenty of food. Do you know that, that line is not about storehouses and it's not about food? If you understand the temple complex and how the temple ran and what was in the storehouse and what the food was about, what he's saying is make sure this place is running. Make sure this place is doing. Provide for what is needed. I want your heart to be all wrapped up in what my heart is wrapped up in. Bring the tithe to this place. I think in our, really honestly, I think in our lingo, in our language today, we'd say bring the full tithe to the budget of the church. Folks, this isn't about giving to good things in life. Give to good things in life. But the tithe comes to the church. You've heard me say this lots of times. Karen and I, we bring the tithe to the budget of the church. Man, there's a variety of ministries we love in the world that we've benefited from in the world. And we give to them. We support them. We've got a couple of things we give to that have nothing to do with ministry. <gasps> what? I thought we only gave to the stuff of God. Well, m- maybe you do. I, we give to some things that are a blessing to us that we think make society a, a better place and we just want to be a part of contributing to that. Hey, there's all kinds of reasons to give to good things. But the tithe comes to the church. That's where I first and foremost acknowledge God's the owner. He actually gets to say where this goes. It's not me picking and choosing what I find of value and what I find important. And he's not doing this so that you have less. He's doing this so that you have more. He says, test me. Do you know the Bible says it's a sin to test God? There's only one verse in the whole Bible where it says, test me, and it's Malachi 3.10. Test me. Man, give and see what I want to do. I want to throw open the windows of heaven. I want blessing for you. I'm not trying to rid you of something. I'm not trying to empty you of something. I'm trying to bless you. When managers rightly acknowledge the owner, there really is opportunity for blessing there. Blessing in finances. Blessing in obedience. Blessing in worldview. So that I don't get stuck, trapped, enslaved to living for stuff. There's a wide variety of blessings. But folks, I think one of the great blessings is, man, with the money God's provided, I get to be a part of what God is doing here. I get get to join the team. Sometimes I have a good week on the team. Sometimes I don't have a good week on the team. I bet you've had some weeks you weren't, weren't so good for the team, right? But when I've got a disciplined, systematic way of giving, then I've got a way that every single week, and I actually give every other week, and I do it through the church app, the online app. But I know when we come to this moment of giving, hey, I've been a part of that. I've contributed to what God is doing here. 
You know, if you look around and say, oh, you know what, I can't tell God's doing anything here. I don't see God. Do- then don't give. Now, I don't know that I actually have the authority to absolve you of that. I, I, I think you still have to find a church where you're doing that, but I, I wouldn't give to a place where I didn't think I saw God moving and working and acting. I've been the recipient of it. I'm, I'm seeing it happen in other lives. But if you do see God working here, then what's easier? What can possibly be easier than to join God in what he's doing here? Man, folks, I, I, wouldn't it be cool if the church was the best thing a society had to offer? I, I don't know about all of America. I know, I know God's planted us in the heart of the 804. I, I know, I feel like he's given us responsibility of this little piece of, of America, this little piece of the planet. We're going to be managers of this. We're going to try to carry the story of the church, which is the story of the gospel, to, to this entire community. What, what if our entire community said, man, there's, I know what they say on the news. I know what they're teaching us at school. But I'll be honest with you, the best thing we have in the 804 is a church. Folks, that doesn't need to be just a neat idea. It needs to be something every single one of us is working towards every day. And it starts by just, well, it starts next door. It starts by going home and being the church on our street. And that can be as simple as prayer. It starts when we kind of join forces as an army of good. And we go out into our community to do good. To make it a better place for all of us to live in. And it's when we all contribute to this place and what is happening here. You know the challenge of every member is it only takes one of us to say, nah, we just missed the mark. (laughs) Will Will you help us make it every member? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, uh, You own this building. You own this body. You own this property. You you own this church. And you've given it to us. We're blessed by it, encouraged by it, motivated by it, challenged by it. God, this church has a, a different impact on us all in a little bit different way and in some ways, very similar ways. You've you've given us such a good thing here. God, may we be good and faithful managers of it. God, I pray we're each faithful members of the team. We're all a part of of what you're doing here. I pray you'll guide us all in how we do that. God, I pray we'll take this card. And when we drive home today and we drive down our street, we begin to realize you've put us there. Every one of those homes around us, there's there's a need. Oh, Lord, would you, would you guide us? God, it's amazing. I won't use anything in this that's mine. And it's certainly not my goodness that brings us to this place. And yet, Lord, one day you will reward me? You'll give me rewards that last for eternity? Oh, God, give us, give us an eye for eternity. And the wisdom to live in light of it. We pray this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.